Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. There is an untapped resource out there which more sales leaders and frontline pros need to know about. By utilizing the best employee advocacy tools and deploying an easy-to-follow program, salespeople can gauge huge numbers of pre-qualified sales leads. In this episode of the Sales Tips for the Pros podcast, Mario Martinez Jr. will help you discover how employee advocacy programs at your company can mean better employee engagement, deeper engagement with target markets, and can be a catalyst in propelling your sales efforts to the next level level. Mario Martinez Jr. is a speaker, digital and social selling expert, CEO and founder of Vengresso, and a recent speaker at Amplify, the Employee Advocacy and Engagement Conference. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Mario, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Kristen, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we got a lot to talk about today. So my first question for you, in in the context of generating strong internal brand loyalty and ultimately reaching wider audiences, what are the key principles of employee advocacy programs? I'm going to start out with the philosophical part of uh, an employee advocacy program. And the first thing you've got to think about is alignment. And that's alignment between marketing and the rest of the departments, including sales or human resources that are going to help support uh, really an advocacy program, meaning the employees become brand advocates for the organization. So alignment is number one. Then you've got to come in and you've got to deliver uh, training around the right mindset. And the mindset is, um, why should I, as an employee, become a brand advocate on a social channel that is my personal social channel? And that's super critical because if you miss the why and helping them to understand the mindset of why this is so valuable, why this is so important, you will never get to the results. The third piece is really training uh, and development around the um, the skill set, if you would. So many individuals don't necessarily know how to become advocates, uh, and because they don't really necessarily use uh, social channels in that particular area. So you need to teach them the skill sets. And the fourth piece and final piece is the toolkit, the tool set. And this tool set has to be able to include uh, the ability for Um, employees, whether they be sales or the janitor, uh, to utilize a tool that easily allows them to share content on behalf of the company. And when we talk about content, we're talking about press releases, blogs, videos, um, those types of things, uh, maybe even webinars that the company might be doing. So I would say break it down into those four pieces, alignment, mindset, skill set, and the tool set. So how do you make employee advocacy work? Talk to us about some of the key steps and really establishing in that program and the culture behind the sustained and effective employee advocacy initiative. Great, um, 
question. So that really drills down into this mindset concept, right? That we talked about <clears throat> uh, just a minute ago. And, and first off, y- you can't just roll out an advocacy program and say, hey, we want you all to become brand advocates. It has to start with the alignment piece of marketing, aligning the goals of the or of the program with all the rest of the senior leadership team. The rest of the senior leadership team must be committed. In fact, if it were me and I were launching a program, the way I would launch the program is I would put MBOs uh, into the uh, senior executive leadership team to be front and center as a leader demonstrating content sharing and becoming advocates for the brand um, uh, on behalf of the company. And it's got to start with them because once the leaders do it, everybody else usually follows. And that's really critical. If you want to have a strong employee advocacy um, program, if you want to make it work, the leaders have to be leading because you can't just ask employees to start um, advocating on your behalf. If the leaders themselves, great example, I was working with a company and I looked up their top 20 executives for this Fortune 100 company, top 20 Fortune 100 executives uh, at this particular company, sorry, top 20 um, executives at this Fortune 100 company. And two of the executives actually shared something in the last 60 days, 60, 60 days on Twitter and or on LinkedIn or any other social network. That was a horrible, abysmal way to be able to engage and teach employees how to engage. And if your leaders aren't doing it, your, your employees won't do it. And so I think that's definitely one of the steps you have to take. The other step you goes back to in the mindset. Companies need to recognize that when they are asking an employee to become an advocate on their behalf, the company must recognize that they are leasing that social space and those potential ne- that potential network that they're tapping into, they're leasing it, they're renting it, from their employees. Employees do not have to become advocates. Now, it'd be smart for the employee to do so because guess what? More sales equals better job security uh, at the end of the day. But that's very important they recognize that. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later on as to why the importance they recognize and if they recognize that, what they will do in terms of providing the right type of toolkit. So I absolutely love that. And I find with a lot of organizations, the senior leadership team is not on board with the social media. They're intimidated by it. And there, there's some resistance around it. So what do you find works well to get them really embracing using the social platforms? Well, I mean, look, first of all, you got to slap them square in the face <laughs> with, with the stats, <laughs> right? And, 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 and if you're a leader and you're listening to this, we we are so far beyond the time period right now, Kristen, that, you know, should we engage? Should we not engage? Does social really work? Does digital really? We are so far beyond that, that if you are a leader and you're questioning whether or not you should engage, FYI, in two years, you will become obsolete, period, <laughs> and a discussion. Here's why. We know that the buyer's journey has dramatically changed. Uh, here are some stats for you that on average, this came from the CMO Council. On average, there are five pieces of content that are consumed before a buyer is ready to even speak with the salesperson. Five, five pieces. Uh, another stat is that, I think it was demand gen, if I'm not mistaken, 82% of B2B buyers felt that the vendor's content had an impact on their final purchasing decision. And the other one is to think about is 78% 
of sales reps that who utilize social media um, uh, and social selling techniques, they outperform their peers. 78%. That came out was a, uh, from a Forbes article. So if you think wow. about those, those three elements right there, that it's, it's, it's so glaring in terms of how the buyers changed. Every marketing organization knows that it's harder to get to their buyer. The buyer is on a journey and they're trying to insert themselves into that journey. And so leaders and employees, they all want to see the company thrive and survive. And so if you want to see the company thrive and survive, you've got to become an advocate and you've got to be able to be out there on social, in digital, being able to advocate for the brand. So you become top of mind to potential buyers that the company otherwise may not have had access to, or that quite frankly, that the individuals who are friends with people in the network might trust more the employee than they do the CEO themselves of a particular company. Yeah, that's pretty powerful when you when you share all of those stats that at this point, I, and I love when you say that social media, social is not going anywhere. I think that's been very clearly established. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, I, I go back to, you know, conversations with executives today are no longer should I Is it the right thing? It is what happens if you don't, right? Mm. And that is something it's just so important to understand. And we're not talking about salespeople becoming advocates. That's a given. That should be done. We're talking about enabling your workforce. And and, and just statistically speaking, employees on average across all the networks that they could share across, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, have an average of 500 people inside their network. 500 people. Imagine if you had a company of uh, one of 1,000 employees. If you took 1,000 employees and each person shared one piece of content, just one, one time per day, that's an uh, 500,000 people that you could reach, theoretically speaking, on a daily basis. Give me one that's other program, <laughs> one other program, one other program that can reach that many people almost near free of charge. there's there's nothing there's nothing else that's out there so this is a huge one for companies to really jump on uh and to leverage is employee advocacy so when you think about the sales pro and help to encourage or to encourage the wider brand advocacy through the company and so those higher quality leads that will filter back to them do you think that they're going to be able to qualify and close those faster qualifying close faster. Yeah, possibly. Uh, you know, there's some greats. I, I have not seen any studies produced on whether or not they close um, faster, but um, for certain in terms of being able to enter into the top of the lead funnel, it is definitely a lower cost channel to be able to produce leads. Um, some of the partners that we that we work with uh, are um, Gagalamp and Everyone Social. Those are our two preferred Vangresso um, partners. And we spend a lot of time vetting out who are the right folks. And in some of the tools that these um, organizations provide, they showcase if you were to take the amount of click-throughs that you got from, the, uh, from your advocates sharing content, uh, the click-throughs back to your website, if you were to actually do that, it would have saved you X thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of dollars in terms of advertising costs. So um, they're definitely a lower cost, definitely a higher quality because they're coming in from a trusted source as opposed to, you know, you're trying to get uh, somebody who you've never talked to, doesn't have any uh, understanding of who you are, what the company is, and they definitely um, have are, are of higher quality. Now, I uh, would be a great study to find out, and I don't have da- data on this, excuse me, or any stats on do they close faster. 
I'll have to certainly ask about that one. I don't know. As we start to wrap up the podcast, thank you so much for being here today, Mario. You're very welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for the Sales Tips for the Pros podcast brought to you by the CPSA. Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.